0: <laughs> why are you laughing mark um it's, i think it's fair to say that um i'm a little bit more concerned about being accurate than you are you're just like yeah i'll style it out i'll say things confidently mm-hmm. so um i often have a little bit of a last minute google just just before we start when i suddenly have a panic about whether this stat was right or, or that stat was right and in my uh, doing my due diligence to try my best to find the most mm. important Web3 related news for those dreaming of making a living <laughs> from music, I genuinely came across, I'm now thinking that's probably not the best way of describing this, oh, uh, this the headline, 11,000 year old carving of man holding penis is oldest narrative from the ancient world. Oh, Stroke the I thought you were about to say being NFT. sold as an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to drill down into the story, so to speak. Please don't drill down um, of the eleven thousand year old penis carving uh, to find out exactly how the algorithm mm. has connected that to Web three and NFTs. It's so basically so on, your on history, that's, so um, that's why I was giggling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love an ancient phallic painting. Well, FBI, if you're watching, we got him. Okay, right. Helping musicians. Well, it's podcast. funny you mention that. I can do a pre sell there because I'm going to mention the FBI later. Okay, to FBI.
1: Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what links the uh,
0: FBI, Sam Naherny, and the world of social media? Stay tuned to find out.
1: Okay, can't wait. FBI person, if you're listening. Sorry, you got to watch till t- the end now. Um, but if you are not working for the FBI and you are listening to this podcast, hello, listener. Welcome back. How are your eyes doing? How are your earlobes doing? Um, we've got a joyous, joyous show for you today, haven't we, Mark? Because sadly, this is the last mm. show of the year. It's the last chance for our dear listener to hear our solitary voices before January of 2023 how are you coping wow i i mean i imagine I'm there'll be a lot of people the crying there will only. be hurting eyes at the mm. end of this no there, there will be there will be um so on this episode <laughs> we have we have lots of good value for musicians to talk about i think both of us are going to talk about things that you know we can get stuck into ponder make some notes or maybe even make some progress on over the rest of december you know we're recording this in the middle of december about to hit hit peak Crimbo peak proper crimbo. So I've got some places and things and channels that our dear listener can get stuck into to help them smash December. What What about you? What's coming your way other than FBI related topics?
0: Yeah. What connects Sam Naherney, social media, and the FBI on the way? And what connects Web three and one of Sam's favorite things on the way? Plus more major moves from one of the big three record labels.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah,
0: quite a few bits and bobs.
1: People say all music industry does this party in December. We say no. We say there's other stuff happening.
0: That's we research really, really <laughs> old penis carving pictures.
1: In some ways, Can't that was the wait. first ever dick pic. True. Can't wait to see what producer Tyler does with all of these clips you're giving him. Producer yeah. Tyler, How do old magic? does a dick pic
0: have to be before it counts as art rather than inappropriateness or even illegality?
1: Mr. FBI, if you want to join on a call and answer that question, you're more than welcome to. I think we probably um, need to get the
0: FBI on as special guest. <laughs> well. I see
1: that. I think we might be useful. Legal questions coming
0: up on this show. <laughs> anyway, before the FBI
1: jumps in, I'm going to jump in. And uh, talk about, well, what we just mentioned, Mark. I think with it being, as we record this, it is the 15th of December. And over the next two weeks, yes, there's going to be lots of joyous family time. It's going to be lots of nice food. But also there's going to be plenty of time when you're scrolling on your phone or trying to escape to your old childhood bedroom and uh, just wanting anything to get you away from what you're currently going through. So a thought we had was what YouTube channels or what Twitter accounts, what TikTok accounts Can you watch and spend even just a few hours on during these next few weeks? And they could really, really help you as you start to smash 2023. So we're not talking about smashing 2023 yet. We are not talking about making your plan for 2023. That's something that we are going to try and help with in the beginning of January. Right now, we are talking about what can you watch to get inspired? What can you watch to get ideas to help with that planning of what you're going to do in January onwards?
0: Well, it's kind of like goal setting foreplay. This is the Mm. stuff. To do on the twenty eighth of December before on the fourth of January, you actually start making some decisions. Yeah, correct. And if you get so inspired
1: by some of what you're watching, you want to get on with it anyway because your grand's doing your nut in. That's fine. Let's do it. So these, you've
0: enough. actually <laughs> you've actually thought about this, Sam. This is Thank this you. is specifically for that unique between Christmas and New Year. If you're being a nasty dead period, if you're being positive, uniquely mm. free. Uh, period (laughs) and some useful things Mm. you could do before you get down to business on like 3rd, 4th of January.
1: Yeah. So, and also part of the way, obviously I'm going to share what these, these channels and these resources are in a second, but part of the way, there was obviously loads I could pick from. And part of what I've tried to pick here is I haven't picked ones that are necessarily specifically music industry stuff. I haven't picked one, you know, Atlanta, the guest we had on last week. There's a case that the only thing you should be doing from now through till January is just watching every single TikTok on Atlanta's TikTok from your music career perspective and the broader music industry stuff, right? But what I'm thinking is we all know that to be a successful musician, especially a successful independent stroke signed musician, you have to wear a lot of hats. You need to be a Creative director, you need to be your finance guy, you need to be your songwriter and everything in between, right? So, so many, us included sometimes, focus on the music industry stuff. That's right. That is what, you know, music industry people should be helping with. I'm going to reference a few people, at least two of these three are not musician focused at all. In fact, they're focused on very different parts of the creative world, but they're parts of the creative world that a musician, if they get good at, it will really, really help their music career, okay? So, that's part of the logic here. And also part of why I think now is the time to do this, because when you're in January, you probably are only going to want to go full steam. In my head with the musicy, music-related music career stuff. Intro to this section done, donezo. So number one is a potentially a bit of a curveball one. It's a channel. It's a YouTube channel called Mango Street. The channel is run by this really adorable couple, and they are basically photographers in the states who make these videos, and they've probably got hundreds of them now because I was watching them five odd years ago when I was really starting to get into photography myself and they are probably in my opinion the best one-stop shop to a learn photography b learn how to model for having your photo taken and then c how to kind of take advantage of it for social media might be thinking as a musician why do you care well there's probably a decent chance at some point in next year as a musician you are either going to pay a photographer to get your press shot's taken and you're not going to have a fucking clue how to pose or what to do and you want them to be good. Or you haven't got the money to do that, so you're going to have to get your mum to hold your phone and take photos of you and you need to know how to make them look good and all of the similar things that could happen like that. But you're going to need content. That is the entire point that I basically bang on pretty much every single one of these shows. You're going to need content. So this channel, yeah. within, you know, most of the videos are quite short as well. They're punchy exactly. to get to the point. They're not nerdy. They are... Just really understandable, really accessible, really likable examples of how to become better in front of the camera and behind the camera. And yeah, it's a big part of what made me a better photographer. Within one night, you could spend a few hours watching, I don't know, 15, 20 of their videos, and you could feel very, very equipped whether you are hiring a photographer in the new year for your new press shots or you're going to, yeah do it on your phone or get your mate, even get one of your band members to sell it up on a self-timer or something. So that is suggestion number one. Lovely humans teaching a core skill and doing it in a fun, accessible way. Big up, Mango Street. Thanks for helping me out back in the day. Big love. Number two, this is going to make you laugh and anyone that knows me even remotely laugh. Colin and Samia, who have long been one of my two favorite podcasts and have been for years now. They're actually a big, I can happily say this on record, they are a very big inspiration to how I do what I do now. And especially when I... I personally made the change from being just a photo video guy into more of a social content creator and doing more of the strategy stuff on social. They were a very big part of helping me understand that and get excited about that. Um, And they've been doing this for like a decade now. They are two dudes, funnily enough, called Colin and Samir, who on a YouTube channel and on (laughs) podcasting platforms break down creators again this is not specific to musicians it's just creators of any kind from people that make videos about ice cream to people that make videos about makeup to people that make videos about finance and anything you can imagine they just break these creators these artists of different types down and half of the time they just get them on the show and interview them and ask them the questions that you want to know um but the thing that i think is really interesting is they cut through the shit and ask things that a lot of the time we don't get to know about big creators so more often than not they'll get a huge creator someone with millions hundreds of millions if not billions of views and they will go how much has youtube paid you how much has this platform paid you they will money is probably the thing that is most interesting here i for sure they were the first people i ever saw go youtube paid me this much for this many views samsung paid me this much for this brand sponsorship etc cetera, etc etc cetera. And whilst they may not be directly related again to musicians, it will at least give yeah, you some, obviously. a mixture
0: of... Have you got any specific shout outs of musicians they've interviewed or anyone who's yeah. close to music?
1: Oh yeah, no, they've done a few musicians. The one that um, springs to mind is a guy called Ty Verdes. I think that's how you say his name. Apologies if I butchered it. Um, I think that one was... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that episode has been within the past year and they do like an hour long sit down with him. He's a classic went absolutely mental on TikTok and now is like a huge uh, American pop star. Pretty sure it's American. Um, so if you want one that is just full of musician and especially, you know, I think one of the main reasons people often listen to the show and just music advice in general is they want to know how do I blow up on TikTok in three seconds? Um, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the real uh, work that happens uh, to become an overnight success. Um, so that episode is of musician, But I actually, again, I think the thing that's valuable here is seeing how people outside of your world have done it and seeing what you can take from that. I genuinely do believe that's the thing that's actually
0: most interesting. So there are there are examples of Colin Samir talking to musicians about how they've used various social platforms to get to the making a living level. And if right. Colin and Samir are interviewing, they probably got to quite a good making a living level. Uh, do mm-hmm. you have a top, you know, let's ask Sam the Herney the question he would ask someone else if they were saying it. Have you got to stand out one or two Colin and Samir shows? Because their shows are quite in-depth. We're talking about mm-hmm. a couple of days between Christmas and New Year, not a couple of months. What, <laughs> true. Is, true, is true, there true. a must-watch um, masterclass from Colin and Samir on being a creator in 2022? A specific mm,
1: question shout-out. I mean, Pinky promised they haven't paid me, but there are so many, it really is hard to choose. Like, they just. <laughs> There's a reason they're one of my, you know, I have, I'm honest about having a short attention span. The thought of watching hour long videos normally makes me want to shoot myself in the head. But when it's like them, I actually get excited. Even if it's a creator, I don't you know. That's, ha- that's how much, that's head. how much trust that the quality and the value of their content has given me is that I can see an hour video from them and not even know who the person is and want to watch it. That's how much value they've yeah. brought to me. Um, yeah. But to answer your question The one that immediately springs to mind is that they interview a girl called Victoria Paris and she is on the surface. She is an influencer. That's probably if you were forced to give her a title, that is the name that um, you would give her. But she's just brutally honest um, in quite a few different ways. Like in terms of like, she just wanted to be famous and that was the goal. So the things she did to get there and some of the strategies again, not music related, but just absolutely fascinating Um, And then secondly, it's probably the Rhett and Link episode. And I mean, you've talked about this because it's kind of like a creator's masterclass. Um, You know, guys that have made videos on the Internet basically every day for 10 years, I think it is. Um, And all of the things that come from that and the crazy studio they have and how everything is thought through. So they're probably the two episodes if you were forced to, to watch two. But yeah, what I can say, anyone that knows me well will know I've never been someone that cares that much about art, right? And very much more focused on like the exciting, I don't know, growth potential more than like the purpose of the art. Um, something Colin and Samir's Ooh, channel what? did. Something that Colin and Samir's channel did was it Do you mean you're more, me bothered about,
0: more bothered about being famous than being a no, musician I, or being a photographer or a videographer? I don't quite understand that.
1: No, so like one of the things I always say is the whole, the thing that gets me excited is making cool shit that resonates with a fan base, not making something that is deep and meaningful to me or to an artist, if that makes sense. So I don't care if it's fake, if it connects with people. The thing that excites <laughs> me is the connecting... <laughs> I've always been very transparent about that. Can cannot say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's why my one-liners aren't made people look fit or make cool shit. Like, that's that's the thing that excites me. I don't care about art. Um, but the point that I was making... Yeah, but that means it's, it's good art. Or at least there's a case that it's good art if it's connecting mm-hmm. with lots of people. Uh, you say that, you can also just look at data and work out what's going to connect with the highest amount of people and take as many parts of that as possible.
0: Well, that's your strategy um, for how you make the art that resonates. And it means you're using research rather than innate talent. Which for some might, yeah. I'm, I mean, this is my point. Authentic art, but. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, one hundred percent. I am. You're kind
1: of making my point. That's my point. I, I, I very much see that as a as a work of art. I think my most people, especially most creatives in 2022, 2023, are at the point that you know all art has to come from the heart and the soul, man. And if it's based on data and algorithms, then it, it doesn't count and all that kind of shit. Okay. Um. So right. that's more my point.
0: And that gets into the AI stuff, but that's for another time.
1: Whole other episode, baby. But yeah, they really made me see and reminded me of how, be- I mean, beautiful feels like a lame word, but it probably is the right word, how beautiful of a journey you can have as a creator, if you do the right things. And some of these people that on the surface are doing the most boring thing over and over and over again, and the incredible businesses and brands and the amount of money they can build around it. It's just it's hella inspirational, hence why they're one of my favourite creators and I'm still watching them years on. So that is the Colin okay. Samir YouTube channel and it's also on all podcasting platforms, obviously. That's number two. And then the third is a fellow British music industry guru type character. Um, I think we may have even mentioned him once or twice before. Atlanta. At least so- <laughs> Not Atlanta. Um, a gentleman called Elijah who a lot of uh, music ah, heads may... Yeah a lot of music heads may know the name because he's been around doing all sorts of cool shit in the music biz for the past kind of 10-15 years whether it's being a DJ whether it's being a speaker at lots of music industry events stuff like BIM all that kind of shit Um, but over the past few years he's kind of built up a bit of a brand and become a bit iconic at least in the British music industry for this kind of brand of what it's basically black tech black handwritten text on yellow squares he's kind of built this thing and it's just like really powerful one-liners mostly music focused but also kind of just life and creativity focused um and his twitter is a goldmine for it the short version here is this isn't a youtube channel this isn't a podcast this is go and follow elijah on twitter and just scroll through and you know be inspired be provoked and that's the thing i imagine no matter who is listening to the show right now you're not going to agree with everything and that's part of why i think it's really important to go and read he's really good at generating conversation and people on both sides he's he's a really good mediator between both sides that's one of the reasons i think it's really really interesting as well as you get both perspectives but i was going to suggest him anyway and then he made the tweet this tweet uh yesterday as uh, as we record this podcast which i just thought was really interesting admittedly because it's kind of aligned with my viewpoint but he made the tweet when the artists are saying their labels are making them do TikToks to promote their work, I think the label are actually saying either you come up with a better idea of how to get people to hear your songs, or you will use our ideas. And I was just like, it's true. Because I confess, one of the, my little bugbears in 2022 is when these famous artists come out and they are like, the label made me do a TikTok. That really, really annoys me. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> your Kermit
0: the Frog impression. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, what, what's Kermit's catchphrase? Does Kermit have a catchphrase? Oh, hi there.
0: No. Oh, God, Miss I don't know. <laughs> what? Calm me, it was closer to Kermit um, than the Irish accent. To Ireland.
1: I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And he followed that up with, do what has worked for someone else first, and if that doesn't work, then you can do your idea, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Um, so, mm. uh, yeah. I just thought that was interesting, and even a few of our listeners right now might be feeling provoked, but that in terms of stuff to process, digest, be inspired, be annoyed by maybe, but to help you come up with your own idea, I think Elijah's Twitter feed is a really, really good read for this kind of stuff as
0: well. Maybe a slightly less provocative way of putting it is the old, we've got a whole load now in 2022 of as well as is, not instead of's. Yeah. So it's not saying you've got to do TikTok instead of driving to a local radio station in Stoke (laughs) or handing out flyers outside a gig by an artist that you consider an inspiration and you think there's a reasonable chance their fans will be into you. Yeah. This is just another way to get people to connect with your songs. But if you're not going to do... The in-vogue thing, which for some of the geeky reasons we've spoken about a lot on previous shows, happens to be pushing you out a lot and giving you a lot of promo juice for free, then you either need to do something else or write a great song, (laughs) which is so good that it can create virality in its own right. But if you're just going to sit there doing nothing, apart from maybe complaining about some of the people that are on your team, where's the butterfly effect going to come from? Yeah, man, I mean,
1: it's uh, it's a conversation me and you have had many a time. I think, you know, you've got to put work in to get your song heard. It doesn't matter how good the song is. It doesn't matter who's on your team. You're still going to have to put in some level of work to get that song heard and out there. And it's, I, I think we've said this one on the pod before, I think that it's never been fairer. There's never been a fairer shot of getting your music out there. It's no longer like you need to rely on having a radio plugger. It's no longer you need to be busy mates with a PR
0: and have the budget for the PR. It's... Yeah, it's never been fairer, as in the highest percentage of the population have access to the tools to get their music out there. You know, there's still a percentage of the population that are struggling so much financially, they can't afford a smartphone. They can't afford a reliable internet connection. But Everyone who can afford a smartphone and a reliable internet connection has access to these tools that mm-hmm. musicians in the 80s would have amputated <laughs> arms for. Yeah. Equally, it's never been mov- more overwhelming how many tools are available. So it's the fairest it's ever been because there are so many varied tools to help you be successful as a musician and reach that making a living level. But it's never been more overwhelming because there are so many potential tools to help you get to the making a musician level, which is hence the one-liner these tools are as well as is not instead of's. Mm. And hence why we're currently thinking that in the start of January, we're going to spend quite a lot of time on what you might consider more personal development and career development side of things than actually overt music stuff. Because when you've got all these different options, it really helps if you've got a plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Otherwise you are just that- the headless chicken going, why am I not famous yet? Why am I not famous yet? Why am I not famous yet? Well, have you done anything? And if you have done stuff, have you done intelligent stuff? Effective stuff? Yeah, I mean,
1: one thing, I guess one of your points that I'd slightly push back on a little bit is the I do understand the overwhelming perspective like of there being a lot of stuff out there. But the thing that we're talking about, or at least I'm talking about, is the fact that people complain about using TikTok. And that actually goes for two of your points. Completely understand that not everyone can literally afford a computer or a phone if you're complaining on social media about how hard social media is you're on social media do better um but <laughs> fair point the, yeah if you're writing letters to tiktok complaining then you're the right. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah fair Fair. pigeons um but on the overwhelming perspective is like yes there's a million different platforms and There's a million different ways you can do it. But so much of what we're talking about is doing the bare minimum. The thing that's frustrating is when someone has talent and is not doing the bare minimum, which is kind of mutually agreed by 83% of the music industry right now, is just post consistently on TikTok. It's not even saying post high production value that costs you a lot of money. It's not saying post a new song every day on TikTok. There's no, you're right, there are a million different strategies when it comes to stuff like that. Just the mutually agreed bare quote marks, bare minimum, at least in my perspective, and I think in other people's perspectives, is post consistently on TikTok. Fuck the
0: rest. If you haven't got
1: time or mental space. Or what do you define world, as
0: posting consistently? One a many day. How posts a week or day? One a day. Yeah, one a day. Yeah,
1: and it doesn't, the thing is, again, we've gotten so used to content feeling like this beast that every one post is going to take you four hours to make. You know, some of the most yeah. successful TikTokers, their daily posts are probably so, taking them less than 60 seconds.
0: Yeah, so some of the overwhelmment is a perceived, you know, perception equals mm-hmm. reality of, yeah. I've got to do this three times a day and I've got to spend an hour on each piece of content. Correct. I can't yeah. be spending three to four hours a day on social media. Correct. I can't Correct. be and I don't want to be. That's not why I'm doing this. Yeah, So we've created a false a false perception of how overwhelming the minimum is. Correct. And you're asserting that the minimum is once a day and that's actually quite easy and can be done in five, 10 minutes every day.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it will vary and you might once every four days have an idea for something that might take you an hour, but just in the same way that you will hopefully come up with ideas for things that will literally take you less than 10 minutes. Um, and that's before you get to the thing we always talk about of content days where if you can't dedicate all those hours yeah. every day, just finding one day a month to plan and one day a month to film and edit and then they're all ready to go.
0: If you're thinking about the good old days, in inverted commas, whether you're mm. old enough that you remember those good old days or you know your older brothers told you or parents have told you, <laughs> yes, you didn't have to do all those TikToks as little as five, certainly 10 years ago, but yeah, you had yeah. to drive to places. Yeah, you had yeah, to yeah. go to other physical cities and that takes hours. And... <laughs> something called petrol which costs money mm. and potentially affects your soul depending how sensitive you are about your carbon <laughs> footprint <laughs> yeah the private jet doesn't kick until quite a few years down the line yeah i mean m- only half facetiously i'm slightly surprised you don't see more push from social media platforms about how great they are for the environment comparatively because all these <laughs> things that used to take physical travel yeah you know musicians would go on pr- not just on tour to play but before that tour yeah. they'd have a promotional tour going yeah. to all these different cities as we said earlier to try and talk to the local radio stations to try and fly outside gigs of similar artists and now you can do it all from from your sofa there are some insane advantages now compared to as little as five and certainly 10 years ago but we're going to do more on this aren't we in early january that's kind of the plan Correct. we're, we're going to
1: help this dear beautiful listener smash their 2023 uh, but keep an eye on out on the
0: socials for how that's going to roll out. Um, on- I'm going to pay you a compliment and an insult. I think you've shared mm-hmm. some really interesting links there, but you Thank took you. a fuckload of time to do it. <laughs> so my challenge to you is in less than 60 seconds, give us a recap 60? of wow. why and what those three what those three are. All right, let's go. Ta- Producer Tyler, put yeah. a clock on the screen. Let's go.
1: Okay, clock. three things to watch consume process be inspired by over the end of december mango street that is a youtube channel all about photography videography but i think as a musician most importantly how to pose in front of a camera and if you don't have the budget for a proper photographer how to take advantage of a phone to create some cool artwork or press shots or social media content that is called mango street on YouTube. 20 seconds Colin and Samir, also a YouTube channel, but available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Two dudes breaking down creators, musicians, and more importantly, potentially more excitingly, money and how much money you can get from big social media platforms. Also talk about creator stroke musician social strategy. And then third and finally, Elijah on Twitter is at at E-L... I won a H and he is a music industry guru who tweets lots of both inspirational, but also provocative thoughts about modern day music industry. And at the very least, it will hopefully make you feel differently or think differently about some Five, key things four, in your mind. Three, but at the very two, least,
0: he's one. going to provoke
1: you.
0: So is that it? Yeah. Okay. Right. What about you? Oh, I found myself wondering a couple of things. Mr. Mm. Social Media. I think there's a strong case that you haven't mentioned the biggest story in social media of the last few days. By big, I mean affects hundreds of millions of people and has value equivalent to billions and billions of dollars. And the other thing I find myself wondering, linked to it, is what exactly did you get up to in Miami, Sam the Herney? Mm. Because within about 12 minutes of you leaving Miami, (laughs) the US senator for Florida... Miami born and bred Marco Rubio launched legislation to ban TikTok from the United States of America.
1: (laughs) I mean, he clearly got a little sick of waiting too long for his cocktail. I I think that's what's happened there.
0: A week of you zooming around talking about NFTs and TikTok and the local politician has started legislation to ban TikTok from America. Uh, but it is, it is genuinely a huge, huge potential story. Just a little bit of geeky context. He's a serious politician. I don't yeah, do you yeah. know the name? Yeah, yeah. He's, um, I think he's quite viral on Twitter as well, actually. He, um, he was nearly the presidential candidate um, in 2016. He was beaten by Trump. So, yeah. you know, someone who was seriously considered as a potential president of the United States has start officially started the legislative process to ban TikTok from America. The other side of that is his team, the Republican Party are not in the majority. So normally when a party not in the majority launch something, it doesn't become yeah. law. Yeah. Um and it's 2 years November 24 I think is the next time that those numbers can change. Okay. So it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. unless he can get people from the other team on the other side on board. But yeah. something we've playfully mentioned a few times on this show of like, oh, before TikTok gets banned, yeah. is a serious proposition. And it links actually to something that came up in the chat with Atlanta of mm-hmm. you know exploit these social media platforms, make them your bitch, use them to yeah. your advantage, but be wary of becoming dependent on any single one. Because at yeah. any time... Elon Musk could take over Twitter and change the algorithm, or Marco yep. Rubio could make it law that TikTok is banned in the States. Um, Which actually yep. ultimately leads you to Web3 because Web3 is a world where you own your stuff. Yep. You own your ID, you own your audience, and you're not dependent on these uh, Web2 platforms like Facebook, Um, and you are a lot more immune. You're not completely, but you're a lot more immune to um. A politician that's got a chip on their block against a particular a particular entity so we started playful but there are some genuinely useful to musician uh uh, points in this which is don't be that band that spent three years building up their facebook fan page to then be told in march 2013 by mark zuckerberg they then had to pay a thousand pounds to reach their fans every time they wanted to talk to them yeah otherwise they'd only reach 3.5 percent of the audience that's impressive um
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the, a lot of podcasts I've listened to with um, creators of any kind, whatever platform is their bitch, like, well, sorry, like their main platform, whether it's TikTok, some people use Twitch for this, Um, you know, the phrase, it's the billboard is the the way a lot of them see it. Is you know whether they're driving them to a Patreon, an OnlyFans or a mailing list. Like these f- platforms that give you good exposure if you do what they want you to do. It should be seen as a way to get people invested in you and then you get the fuck off there as quick as you can or at least get that customer stroke, that fan off there as quick yeah. as you can. One of my fa- Another one of my favorite podcasts is called My First Million. And then we're chatting to Amaranth, who is one of, I think she's the biggest female streamer in the world or like one of the top three female streamers in the world. And she's also one of the biggest OnlyFans girls in the world. And she was saying that, even though she makes something like less than 10% of her income from Twitch she spends something like 85% of her working hours on Twitch because it's where she gets people to drive to the platforms that then make her money um and like i've heard yeah. that from all different types of creators not just adult creators <laughs> like it's it should yeah, It's, it's called a, a sales funnel. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, <laughs> And its I guess that's the thing, you know. It's a, called my music, in fact,
0: isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? But obviously, we, we know that musicians a lot of the time think all these things and these phrases are dirty, and I get it. But it's also you want to make a mm. living doing what you love. So you've got to think about these things. You want to get into that beautiful sweet spot where it doesn't feel horrible and dirty, but also you understand why you're doing it because it allows you to do what you want to do. Yeah,
0: Web3, talk to me, hee hee. We got into a little bit of a pattern, I think, across the, the HMP of often there's a, a big piece of news about a big company doing something in Web3, and we share that just as kind of proof of concept. Yep. Um, and then we go into a specific music example, and that's what we're going to do today. Sam DeHerny, what would you say is your favourite thing in the world that's not on your Instagram biog? <laughs> Favorite thing in the world. Um, is it you, Mark? Yeah. Aww. It's not me, no. Aww. Although it's something you like to do with me. Oi, oi. <laughs> well, is it drink coffee, Mark? Yeah. Tell me more. Ongoing debate. Is this Web3 tech the next Facebook or the next MySpace? The next iPhone or the next Nokia? The next iPod or the next... Do you remember what the Microsoft MP3 player was Zune. called? It's the right answer. Well done. I wanted one um, so bad. So so bad. We've so we've talked about you, the only person in the UK who actually did. Um, <laughs> we've talked about Reddit, we've talked about Nike, we've talked about Instagram, Starbucks, mm-hmm. arguably the world's most famous coffee brand, but a brand that you actually have quite a lot of love for, yeah. um have stepped, made quite a major step into the web 3 world to do with their rewards program. Um yeah. we've spoken on previous shows about you know how one of the ways to think about some of this Web3 stuff is it's kind of like a really glorified version of Clesco, Tesco club card points and uh, yeah. British Airway air miles merged together. Starbucks have arguably the world's leading rewards program. There are some mind-blowing mm. stats with um, nearly 30 million Americans are members of Starbucks reward scheme. So Starbucks are now launching a Web3 project to that nearly 30 million people. And they're calling it Odyssey. And it is going to be, it looks like, as I said, a super duper version of Tesco Club Card Points and British Airway Air Miles, where you can use your points to get cool stuff, but you can also transfer them to other people. They can buy them. There's going to be things that you can only get in this Web3 metaverse world, starting with like virtual reality visits to the coffee plantation in in wherever that they get their coffee plant or go back to the original 1977, whenever it was Starbucks in Seattle, Through to higher levels up where you can actually do some of those things for real but it's all going to be using blockchain technology again this theme of of people using their own brands not necessarily using the term nfts is developing the digital collectibles in december 2022 yeah. certainly looks like it's starting to win that race but for a brand of starbucks's size but for them to do it in this very specific way to an already active audience By the way, I saw a stat that I think it's 27, 28 million people in the States on their reward scheme. And over Mm. half of them use it every month. It's not like a radio station that goes, we've got 10 million listeners. And you go, what does that actually mean? And what it actually means, in the UK at least, is that 10 million people listen to the station for at least five minutes once a week. It's suddenly suddenly not quite as impressive. You know, nearly 30 million people using a scheme and over half of them are doing it every month to make a purchase. They're now going to be introduced to this world, you know, once again, your honor evidence <laughs> that this is more of a iPhone or Facebook moment than it is a MySpace or Nokia moment. And if that wasn't enough, the guy who invented the iPhone has just launched a new crypto wallet. Um, Google Ledger Stacks, if you find that uh, that interesting. So music, all three major labels have been have been dipping their toe into the NFT disco music verse to varying degrees. We've talked about Universal doing the LimeWire partnership, um, the Apes band Kingship the 1022 label, it's linked to that. Sony have seen, you could argue, have kind of carved a slightly distinctive path of investing in a lot of Web3 companies. And they they were the company that got, I'm not sure if outed is the right phrase uh, on Twitter for trying to trademark the term NFT in, in a certain context. Warner, the third of the major record labels, have had a really busy um couple of weeks. Warner's Publishing Arm has launched a project called Archives and it looks like it's basically a digital museum on the blockchain okay. with a song focus. So it looked, you know, you try and imagine what does that mean that songs will be in this virtual world, and then the, the backstory and things in and around the evolution of the song will be will would be there. So it could be everything from an image of the artwork for the song to an image of the studio where the song was recorded. This is me guessing, by the way. There'll be unique exclusive collectibles linked to that, potentially um, exclusive insights with the songwriters behind the songs. So if that sounds interesting, the words to Google are um, Warner and archives and digital museum. And that should bring up some articles um, on that. And the other thing in the Warner family um, is in the more the Big Daddy Warner group, the, the main main label group. Um, yeah. It looks like they are, looks like, emphasize, angling to open their own Web3 music store. So it's not a deal or a partnership as such, like they did with OpenSea a few months ago, where mm-hmm. they did a the deal to do some priority stuff on OpenSea. And they're actually one of the parents um, of this project. And a term that caught my eye in amongst the press release and stuff was virtual vinyls. There's another term that I think probably means NFTs, but it's another attempt at creating a term that's more relatable um, or exciting. Quite a few mentions in the articles around it about making it an on-ramp, which is basically a term for making it easy. So it looks like you'll be able to interact by those virtual vinyls without having to have cryptocurrency. You'll be able to use your credit card is what that looks like. And they've also mentioned having a tokenization aspect which is interesting. I think it's fair to say, fingers crossed, the biggest area of action in the NFT discoverse by major labels in 2022 has been NFT related, even if they're using yeah. another brand.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Um, as opposed to token related. You might remember tokens was something we talked about a lot in the in the early days because it opens up things like micropayments and fractional ownership and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Warner looking like they're making a really, uh, a really big step. And the term... Uh, to google there is lgnd music that's lgnd music if you want to know um more uh about that project is that short and legend i think it might be or it See could be uh a uk postcode <laughs>
1: Just quickly on the Starbucks thing. I saw a tweet the other day. I have no idea if it's true, but... (laughs) Not uh, interested in the music. Back to coffee. um, Back to coffee. No, no. um, Well, there's always, like, tweets go viral all the time about the crazy reason Starbucks is actually successful, like the genius viral marketing they were doing in the 70s and the 80s and shit. Um, I saw one which was like, the reason Starbucks is so successful is. And I was like, all right, clickbait. You got me. I'll watch it. Um, And it basically said... (laughs) have you ever wondered why Starbucks used the stupid size names, you know, Venti Grande versus like small, medium and large. And apparently I have no idea if this is true, but I thought it was interesting. They basically went, when the guy who started Starbucks knew he wanted to make a pre, quote marks premium product. So, you know, Americans are used to like 50 cents cup of coffee, $1 cup of coffee served everywhere. It's shit. And it's the same everywhere. Um, he knew that if he tried mm-hmm. to charge three or $4 for a coffee, everyone would tell him to fuck off because that's, ridiculous amount of money to compare to what they were used to. So rather than saying cup of coffee or s- small, medium, or large, he said americano, venti, blah blah blah. So the language was so different that then, when he charged three or four dollars for them, their brain wouldn't go. I pay fifty cents for a regular cup of coffee. I pay four dollars for yep. a venti americano. Just thought that
0: was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I didn't. The joy of knowledge. Sharing. That so, if right. he was charging four dollars for a coffee in 1975, he really was. Uh... Yeah, pushing it. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, it was yeah. interesting because apparently that was that. I didn't know this. That
1: that was back when they started. That it was meant to be a luxury experience, like that. Genuine. Obviously, I don't think any of us really think of Starbucks as being a luxury mm-hmm. experience now. But that was the thing compared to what was available at the time. Was seen as the luxury option. Um. Anyway, offer coffee again. Back to music.
0: What songs are you feeling to this week, man? Quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> if I had to choose one, it would probably be in my head. Less music traditionally gets released in in December, but I, I feel like that's changing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's certainly different in the Web three world. And, but also, I mean, the other thing that's obviously changed a huge amount is just like the idea of a release date. Yeah, you, know, you find something that is brand new to you and maybe delusionally think you're quite on it when it comes to music and you find the YouTube video has been out for 10 weeks and it was on Spotify for seven. So the piece of music that's pretty new to me, the song I'm loving, loving, loving this week is a remix of Oliver Sim of the XX. He's gone solo, as you may or may not be aware. Um, He's gone solo and then made an album with Jamie from the XX featuring on (laughs) vocals, (laughs) Romy. Obviously. Um. It's quite kind of funny, but it shows they're clearly a uh, very tight uh, yeah. uh, family band, almost. Mm-hmm. Right. All of a sudden, the XX has gone solo, and he has released the Mighty Soul Wax onto a remix of one of his tracks called Sensitive Child. You know I like a bass line, Sam. The bass line, mm. this is insane, in Ooh. quite a qu- twisted, almost quirky way. There's something almost slightly not right or wrong about it 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 kind of metaphorically feels like feels like that person that's not conventionally good looking but you still fancy them and or the person you know you're not meant to fancy but you do there's a kind of sort of like it's so wrong it's right i can't quite put my finger on it it kind of almost (coughs) attacks you as a baseline maybe not attacks you but kind of bear hugs you And it's got that thing of makes you want to jump and groove at the same time. So it's not just not quite attacking you, but it's kind of bear-hugging your eardrums, your ass, and your soul all at the same time. goes into this weird middle-eight thing that's got a bit of a dandy warhols vibe for anyone who used to be them. And yeah, it's real earworm. It's infectious into your body in a way that Soul Wax have always been so iconic at doing. And it's just a little bit quirky and different. Oliver Sim on the, the XX, Sensitive Child, Soul Wax on the remix. I want a bear hug around my ass. That's what I've learned
1: from this past (laughs) sixty-four seconds. Things I didn't know I needed before recording this podcast. One Direction, Um, So (laughs) nicely done, nicely done. Um, Okay, well, in classic Nahoni fashion, I've got two songs this week, and I'm actually feeling a little nostalgic. I won't lie um so my first track is one of my favorite artists in the world is back with a whole EP this made me very very happy Emily Vaughn probably my favorite female pop star she is back with sassy pop squared it's the song that I love is called fuck boy energy and it's just about basically telling the dude <laughs> to, to, to fuck off and being a fuck boy in is that because- sex for breakfast girl no, no, no. That's Case Stewart, who you're thinking of. I know exactly who you're thinking of. No, no, oh, okay separate. I mean, actually not too dissimilar. Um, but this is what I mean. is like, I was really, like, I've loved Emily's music since 2015, 2016. So, like, and she, yeah, easily consistently been one of my favorite artists but yeah emily vaughn is back whole new ep but footboy energy is the lead single and it's definitely my favorite song it is so good it is sassy it is like a spotify rap was actually counting right now you know he's a contender for next december yeah. already <laughs> because of how many times i played it um yeah just sassy I, I just love it when girls tell me to fuck off is what i've learned from this past few months of revealing sharing track track of the weeks on here it's basically <laughs> i did not know i'd a uh, you know fuck off kink but that's what i've learned on a helping musicians podcast thank you mark Dell. um so okay. <laughs> um but yeah fuck boy energy great chorus just vibes Love it. And the whole EP, to be fair, is banging. So go check that out. That's Emily Vaughn. Fuck boy energy. Um, And then second, especially the reason I'm feeling nostalgic, is there is a new piece of music from the first band that I ever saw live. And quite literally on the technicality of the first band I ever saw live. My first ever gig was Fall Out Boy at Birmingham Arena. No, 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 no. (laughs) Fall Out Boy at Birmingham Arena when I just turned 14. So that was what, 2008, I think um fallout boy were the first band i ever saw live the support was a band called boys like girls who i also loved but then like two days before the gig they announced another support which was this brand new band that hadn't released any music called you me at six and it was like one of their first ever gigs was you me at six playing their demo ep to arenas with fallout boy that's a pretty decent first set so you didn't gig.
0: see them because you were cool you saw them by accident no.
1: yeah yeah yeah. totally saw them by accident uh, but obviously fell in love with them You know, after seeing them and, like, nicked all of their, like, demos off of fucking LimeWire or whatever it was, because it was 2008. Um, Anyway, they progressed and ended up being probably my favorite band, and using the keyword, their band of my teenage years. Definitely, if, again, Spotify was a thing of all my teenage years, most listened to, most cried to, most happy to, probably most seen live, all of those (laughs) things. Um and I confess I've not kept up with them that much over the past few years as my music tastes as if gone more in the pop electronic direction. But one of their songs came on my release radar this week. It's called Heartless, and it is like peak kind of mid-2010 GMAT6, which just unleashed this barrage of happy nostalgia. And there's a lyric on it which is not Shakespeare, but made me go, whoa. And that lyric is I know you're not heartless, your heart is just a mess. And I was like whoa whoa I never heard it put that way and the chorus is big it's like wall of soundy it's encouraged me to f- potentially go and buy a ticket to their arena show that they're playing in April
0: uh, Later, uh, first half no it hasn't of. Sam it's encouraged you to find the details of their manager and email him to see if they want photos taken <clears throat> I, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> And definitely haven't already done that um, definitely <laughs> haven't done that <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the tune as uh, it's big, like yeah, big wall of sound vibes. Great chorus, rapturous vibes. Go and listen. Fuckboy energy and heartless. They are my two tunes. Two tunes. Are this, you
0: are you willing to share in the public domain? Uh, one Sam, how to get a manager's email tip. Uh, I mean, I'm joking, most, but this is something you're great yeah, at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing, Is it, I know Atlanta mentioned on the a, Facebook page or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so that has been, especially when I was starting out, that was my big hack because, yeah, basically, I can't remember exactly why, but it was something like you couldn't actually make a Facebook page without putting an email in, and then it kept it public until you turned it off, and most people didn't know it was there. Forgot to. Um, yeah. So actually, nine times out of ten, it didn't even go to the manager. It was actually the, the band's, like, singer's artist uh, email. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by all means, if the artist you're looking to build a relationship with has a Facebook, check the About page and just go through all the little tabs because there's a lot of information there that artists don't even know is there. Um, other than that, I know there are tools and plugins. I'm pretty sure Atlanta mentioned one on the last uh, the last podcast. I've personally never used any of those. Yeah, we touched on My main thing is quite a lot of artists leave some form of email most consistently on instagram if you go on a profile there's almost always an email admittedly it might be a manager but you know there is an email of some form there and then actually above Mm -hmm. that like i know it's not a super hack but guessing because you know there's a few people on um on tiktok now i might even link one in the bio who um they get set challenges by their fans. So basically people will comment, can you find this person's email? And it literally yeah, yeah. just shows them how they do it. And they basically just guess a hundred ones, and then they'll get 99
0: bounce backs, but proof that one went through. Um, yeah. So Atlanta sh- Atlanta's got a, tic- a relatively recent TikTok sharing. A, I think it's a Google, or I think it's a Chrome plugin mm. that helps you find, or at the very least helps you guess who a key person's uh, email will be, particularly if they're yeah. at, if they've got a company that's big enough that it's got a a decent web presence. Um, And,
1: you know, also, in fact, I'll show you one other little hack, something I often do is a lot of the time if an artist or a manager has had the email for the a long time, which, you know, is reasonably common. Obviously, sometimes artists change it, but reasonably common. Going on Twitter, typing in the search bar, the at of the artist, and then space email. And then at some point in 2016, they went, email me at to someone in the public domain, you will find that straight away. And that is also how I found loads of emails that are almost forgotten that they're in the public domain because it was in a tweet from 2016, 2017. That was a lot. Yeah. And uh, I guess a final, final, final point that you just made me think of, I know we acknowledged this on a previous show, but because it's come out today, Uh, Twitter blue Twitter subscription feature has been released back into the public this past few days. So you can now pay Twitter to not only get your little blue tick, but also to go to the top of mentions in someone's Twitter feed. So if there is someone that you are really trying to get a message in front of, get your music in front of, or even just get your hi, can I have your email, please message in front of, Uh, you can now pay eight pounds a month to unlock that feature and i think that is definitely worth it
0: happy christmas and a happy
1: 2023 new year that is a very dramatic way uh listener mark's just turned the camera off so i'm gonna say goodbye merry christmas happy holidays lots of love see you in the new year bye